Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. A lot of stuff going on for Gary, who we were killing in the last segment. <laughs> but now we have to apologize. Oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> well, we, were, we said you at least got to show up with some Chick-fil-A yeah. or a peach. And he did just about that yep. as we got these wonderful gift cards to Chick-fil-A. So he was not empty-handed. Gary, good morning and thank you. Yes, Man, thank I didn't you. hear that rip job. So, uh, <laughs> I should have held out. <laughs> Seriously. Too yeah. late. <laughs> Too late. I was, I was rubbing it in because I actually had a Chick-fil-A sandwich at the SEC Championship game there there at the Mercedes-Benz Dome Saturday after our halftime. It was good. That never that gets old. Then it get any better than that, does oh. it? <laughs> Oh, man, it's so good. These oh. stores up here in New York are killing it. Which oh, is yeah. Crazy. I know. There's I know. always a long a line. line. Yeah. I almost went by there this morning to get you guys, but now they hear that uh, you were ripping me. I'm glad I did. <laughs> oh, yes. I was going to walk in with the actual sandwich. Yes, <laughs> oh, that would have been I'll unbelievable. Give them a coupon. I'm oh. surprised you're up this early. You got all these parties going on. You got the National Football Foundation and their college football Hall of Fame deal tonight, and you had Vince last night with Steve Spur. He was being honored. I mean, uh, you, you're still up bright and early. I tell you, it's a great time to be in New York. You know, with everybody in college football just comes into the city, the, the coaches, the ADs, the conference commissioners, and you get a chance to see people you haven't seen during the year. So, Plus, we all know our bowl games now. Everybody's happy about that. So, yeah, it's a great time to be in college football. And you've got great teams and great storylines. You've got Auburn and UCF, and Scott Frost oh. is going to coach the game, yeah. Yeah. which is an interesting storyline. And Nebraska's so happy to have him. Like, they're happy that he's coaching the game, which yeah. is crazy. At least yeah. they are publicly. Um, so I, I know that you do the political stuff about you're going to be happy with whoever you get. But this particular matchup, is this is, this is a really, really juicy one and one that is going to interest a lot of fans. I mean, you've got to be thrilled about that. It really is. I tell you, I went to the American Athletic uh, Championship game down in Orlando, and I'll tell you what, that Milton kid puts the ball on you. I mean, he is excellent, and they they really run the up-tempo offense. Scott does a great job with that. They're the number one scoring team in the country. Auburn's the 10th scoring defense in the country. So we got, you know, as they say in the old promoters realm, we've got a, we got a match. Mm. Uh, Auburn's offense is, you know, with on Johnson and, and Stidham, very, very good. So, uh, hey, we're going to be sold out. It's our 50th anniversary. You know, we've got a, un, the only undefeated team left, Central Florida, and it's, ten, it's Cinderella's chance to dance. So they'll dance against the top 10 team in Auburn, SEC, 7-1 and one in, the, in the SEC. So it's going to be for a great game. Now, a couple of years ago, you had Houston and Florida State. That's right. If my memory serves me correctly, and Houston dispatched of them. And I don't know, and you, you get in these bowl games and these perennial powers, they always say, well, we really didn't want to be there. We were hoping for a loftier bowl. Any concern with Auburn, and especially the way they played this last weekend versus Georgia in the rematch, that you have that type of mindset? You know, you're right. Some people point to that. But I tell you, that year I went to every Florida State practice, and they were ready to play. Houston's defense was just really, really good. They got McGuire hurt. Florida State didn't have an answer for a second-string quarterback, and, and Houston just took advantage of it. They stopped uh, Delvin Cook, made their quarterback pass, and, and beat him that way. 
McGuire couldn't do it, then he gets hurt, and the second-string quarterback couldn't do it. So I, I think in, in Auburn's case, talking to Gus, he knows they're going to be ready to play because they want to – you know, you've played. You want to get over the hurt when you lost your last game. Yeah. You want to win your last game. And I tell you what, I think this is the start of next season for Auburn because Auburn's really going to be good next year. And it'll start right there in Atlanta. That's exactly they, they right. They play Washington, am I correct? That's right. Yeah. It was interesting. When you've done your homework. Three yeah, straight. Early in the morning. He's three done straight his games in, in Atlanta for Auburn. Of course, last weekend, uh, they'll play in the Peach Bowl, and then they'll, they'll start their season. And we brought you down south to Atlanta and really educated you on college football. <laughs> yeah. That's the way Alabama was last year. We had them against, right. Washington, uh, against uh, Washington in our semifinal. Then they opened the game uh, with uh, Florida State yep. last year. And then uh, last year they played in the SEC championship. So I think Auburn and Washington next year is going to be two top ten teams, especially if Browning comes back. Both teams are New Year's Six teams this year. and So we could have another top ten Chick-fil-A kickoff game next year to open the season. Gary Stokin, Chick-fil-A, Peach Bowl CEO in studio with us on Geo and Jones across the country on CBS Sports Radio. You know how the committee works. You're around them. You've seen the process. There's a lot of people that – thought that they got it right this year with Alabama and then there's others that said well wait a second Alabama's resume as far as who they beat not as good as Ohio State not a conference champion with their process not as much your opinion on who should have been in or shouldn't have been in but that process there's some people who don't trust it they don't like it they think there's factors that are involved that shouldn't be involved are you confident and do you trust their process in coming up with who they come up with yeah it's a great question obviously the question that's happening this year with Ohio State and Alabama but haven't sat in that room in, in uh, Grapevine, Texas. The amount of analytics that you have in front of you is is phenomenal, the amount of information they have. Secondly, I think it got down to the coaches really looking at who's the best team. And I can tell you for, for a fact, Alabama, haven't seen them play a couple times last year, they would have not lost to Iowa, and they wouldn't have given up 55 points, right? So Alabama had one loss. Secondly, you know, what people don't talk about, when Florida State played Alabama, Francois played three quarters. Mm-hmm. So that was a Florida State team that was very good at that time. Now with Francois, they didn't have an answer. You know, Blackman's a true freshman coming in. That's tough. Whatever happened to Florida State after that game? Well, I think it was the quarterback <laughs> situation. You know, what happened to their coach? Is he still there? Oh, man. <laughs> He's not doing too bad with $75 yeah, million guess, down in not. Texas. Jesus, Gary. I mean, that's just so much money. Wow. But why in the – like okay, so if you're if you're Jimbo Fisher, right? I'm going to put you in that situation. You're Jimbo Fisher. You hear that that offer from Texas A&M. Do you even think twice about going? Well, Do emotions you, play in when that much money's on the line. You know, the way I analyzed it, knowing Jimbo well, is number one, he lost his football operation director, Monk Bonasort, who's from Pittsburgh, he's a really big Florida State guy, was really tight with Jimbo. He died last year of cancer. Jimbo got divorced. His wife is still living in Tallahassee. Um, Say no more. Scott Woodward <laughs> is a really, really good friend. They, they met back at LSU. $75 million. And I don't know if you've been to Texas A&M and seen their facilities. I mean, there's nobody. I mean, nobody. Alabama, Clemson, nobody has as good of facilities as Texas A&M. And then you talk about $75 million guaranteed for 10 years. It's a no-brainer. I mean, it's, it's – the only thing I would question is – if it was me making the decision, he's got to play in the West now. And the West in the SEC is the toughest division you can play in. Yep, in all Versus the college football. In all the college football, mm-hmm. you're right, Brian. And in the, in the ACC, all right, you got Clemson, 
But really, Clemson and Florida State have removed themselves from the rest right now. I mean, Miami's making their move up, yeah. right? But, uh, you know, it's, it's, now, he's got a great recruiting base in Texas, Brian. You know that mm-hmm. better than anybody. But, um, you know, beating Nick and, and Auburn, Alabama, Auburn, I mean, that's that's tough. And he's he's got his second home uh, second game at home is going to be versus Clemson. That's right. And yeah. then his first SEC matchup is at Alabama. And also a reason why he thought it was time to move on. He and the uh, the higher ups, the AD there, they weren't jiving, so they had different ideas uh, on how to continue to build that program. Uh, when you watch this selection, they, yes, they have all this this information in front of them. How do they remain? subjective or objective I should say in in your uh, estimation because we've seen this committee and not just this one but over the last three years you've seen a committee that comes up with different rationale you know one year if you're the Big 12 conference championships they matter last year of course Ohio State and Penn State it didn't matter and this year again it didn't matter yeah having sat in there you know what we were told when we were selecting it's really interesting they they tell you to bring your top 25 into the meeting And then, like, the three of us would sit there and they'd say, okay, who's your top three? So you didn't put in the computer your top three. It spits out who the top three are. Then they say, okay, who's number four, five, and six? You put your next three in. So then when it gets down to the selection process, you really look at every year is different. You know, this team might not have been a conference champ, but they're 11-1 in Alabama's case. The other team had two losses. They lost by twice to 15 points. Alabama, I don't think, got credit enough credit in the public domain of the Florida State win, which would have been, you know, if they'd have had their quarterback, I think they'd have been a lot better than 6-6. Six and six. And at the time, they were number three in the country. Um, but I think every year is different. I think they leave themselves open. They have some, you know, conference champions, head-to-head, strength of schedule, strength of record that they look at. But there's a lot more than that. And I think they're really, when they talk about getting the best four teams, that's what their mm-hmm. demand is, the best four teams. How you get there, I think, is different every year. Yeah. There's different implications. See, and that's where I've come. And I, I mentioned this yesterday when we were discussing the, the, the best four teams is because I'm old school and I'm hard-headed and I believe in conference championships. But this right. committee, they don't. So you might as well resign your fact to the, to that uh, important, uh, significant uh, point that they're not going to care about the conference championship. Their task is the best four the way they see fit. Gary Stoken in studio with us, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl CEO. College football in Atlanta, there's so much going on there. Um, and it could be called the capital of college football. Oh, thanks. These, these days. <laughs> Give us credibility. <laughs> so um, what do you think about that uh, with all the happenings? I mean, it sounds pretty good, right? Well, we've, we've tried to visionary-wise make Atlanta the college football capital. If you've been to Atlanta, the pro sports are successful, obviously, the Braves, the Falcons, and the Hawks. But there's so many uh, ACC, SEC, and other conference uh, people that live in Atlanta that college football is really, really prevalent. And so we took that and said, okay, we've got a great base. We've got the ACC, SEC in, in our game that we've now moved up to the, to the uh, Chick-fil-A kickoff games. We've taken the uh, college football playoff, New Year's Six. We're now into that. We have the semifinal every three years. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have the SEC championship game. We have the Celebration Bowl with the MIAC and the SWAC champions playing for, for their championship. And then to add the national championship on top of it, you know, we moved the College Football Hall of Fame to Atlanta. Um, you know, we've really taken a look at college football and said, how can we 
be the leader in college football. And um, we've tried to do that. You know, it's nice for people like you to say that we're the capital now. And, uh, you know, we'll just continue to, to bring in great games. If you look at the last year, we had number one against number four in our semifinal in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. We had number one against three this year uh, in our Chick-fil-A kickoff game, Alabama, Florida State. Then we had Georgia Tech, Tennessee on Monday. We had SEC, had number two against number six. We've got number seven against number 12. And then at the end of the year, we'll have number one against number two. <laughs> I mean, if you're a college football fan, that's some pretty good menu. Right? I, I, I'm sitting there thinking, man, if this is if it's Alabama and Georgia, you know how crazy oh, that place God. is going to be. And, and to your point about – Having the pro teams on the scene, you know, here, of course, this is a pro yeah, city. Yeah. I've lived in other pro cities, L.A. Uh, it, it, but somehow, and I think I know the reason this, but somehow the college game still takes hold. Even though you really have those, those pro teams there, and, and Atlanta is a huge metropolitan area, very professional, uh, but, but yet the college football, it, it, it doesn't take a backseat to the pro teams. Well, it's the roots of, of Atlanta. When you really think about it, and, and I use this all the time living in Atlanta, I grew up in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a pro town, right? It's, and, and most northern cities are. Mm-hmm. Well, in the south, Atlanta, we didn't have pro football until 1966. Steelers are what nineteen thirty or something like yeah. that nineteen thirty three thirty three was when yeah so you'd look at all those years generation after generation of alumni that come out of all those southern schools and really all the southern schools you look at Alabama they're all small towns yeah. Tuscaloosa Auburn Tallahassee yeah. Auburn and college football was their pros that was it that was exactly. all they had and so you have generation after generation after generation of fans and that's why it's the roots of of college football is based in the southeast. Uh, so, you know, Texas, you played at Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, Austin, that was it. That was the pro team, right? I mean, you had the Cowboys. Yeah. But, you know, in Austin and, and the rest of Texas, University of Texas is like a pro team. Yep. So that's what, that's what emanates in the South. And uh, we're just blessed to be a part of it. And, you know, we'll have our 50th anniversary this year. We're what the, is that going to entail? Well, tell me about that party. Well, I'll tell you what's great <laughs> is, you know, we're the... You're going to be there, aren't you? I'm going to be there. Yeah. I will well, be there. You know Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We're going to be sold out. Matter of fact, UCF, I got a call last night. UCF, one day of sales, they sold out their total allotment of 12,500 tickets. Yeah, great. So we're going to be sold out. Uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere. We will give back uh, close to $2 million this year uh, that could fall to our reserves to charity. Uh, we're the number one bowl game in, in uh, charitable donations. Wow. So that's important to us. Uh, having a sellout, the economic impact that we'll have, and then the national championship the next week, it's just going to be a party for a week of college football down there. College Football Hall of Fame, all the activities. Well. Brian's in trouble. A week-long party? No. You, you, <laughs> what, what day is I, this again? I, I'm now scheduled to to arrive on the 5th. Oh, okay. Uh, January the 5th. But okay. I may have to come I'm in. to come January that, yeah. 1st to our game I, and just I, make I, it a whole week. I, I may need to do that, but I have doggy duties down in Florida. Mm. So uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if Hoya would be happy about that uh but uh as far as the economic impact to atlanta you know, it was it was packed last weekend of course right, the sec yeah. championship game but what type of economic impact do you foresee now with the chick-fil-a bowl and then having the national championship game well to give you a perspective we'll have close to 250 million dollars will impact atlanta through college football we're the fourth largest convention town behind uh, chicago las vegas and orlando so the fourth largest in the whole United States. Five of the top six convention slash events 
that are going to happen in Atlanta this year are college football games. Wow. That's how important college football mm-hmm. is to Atlanta. Chicago can't say that. Orlando can't say that. Las Vegas can't say that. So, you know, as we've talked all along, the underpinning of, of college football is there from an event perspective. It's also there from a recruiting perspective. We're number one recruiting base in the country, number four overall behind Texas, California, and Florida. The, the financial underpinnings, when you look at Napa, Home Depot, Chick-fil-A, Coca-Cola, all those people write a lot of checks for advertising for college football. So it's, it's just prevalent there in the city, and uh, you know we're going to celebrate the 50th anniversary around it and have a celebration at the College Football Hall of Fame and Fan Fest, and, uh, and then we'll keep it all going all week with the uh, <laughs> national championship coming to town. Gary, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Best Always of luck good to be with, with all the guys. events this year. You Thanks guys need again. to come down and broadcast from our game and then broadcast from the national championship. We'll put you in the College Football Hall of Fame or somewhere and let you broadcast. <laughs> I- I'm going to let him uh, bring you up to speed on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we're not going to have a show past a couple of weeks well, I, ago. I did hear that. You guys are uh, you're going to... WFAN next door. Okay. Oh, he's big time. And uh, and and Brian, we don't and know you're where going Brian. To the we afternoon or something? Or <laughs> you're going to sleep? Brian's going to sleep. All right. <laughs> We're not okay. sure about Brian. Uh, stay tuned for for Brian. He'll you continue to bug new highs. Uh, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. He'll be on television. Yeah. Doubt. That's not going anywhere. We just don't know about everything else. But uh, but I'd love to do it. <laughs> if we were still doing this. Come on down. Thanks for the thanks for the invite. Uh, but Gary, thanks for the great to be with you guys. Thanks for having card. us. And you're in for a real treat now because you get to see the master in work <laughs> talk about his pain and what helps him with it. That's right. Here's the truth, man. If you have simply had it, you've struggled with pain long enough, and you want what I learned—a hundred percent drug-free answer to your pain. Brian Jones here again for my answer to pain after a professional career in football. Yes, of course, I'm talking about Relief Factor, but the really big news is that anybody struggling with pain can lower or even eliminate your pain with this wonderful product. My problem was I had pain in my elbow. It was completely eliminated within a week of utilizing Relief Factor. Maybe you'd like to play golf or tennis again without pain or take those nice long walks again. Or how about sleeping through the night again without pain? Neck, back, shoulder, hip, and knee pain can be simply awful. Here's what I suggest. Go to relieffactor.com. Order the three-week quick start, a super value of just $19.95, so you can see if it will help you like it did me. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. 800-500-8384. Follow us on Twitter at Geo and Jones. <laughs> uh, my voice hurts. My throat hurts from doing that Herm stuff the entire morning. Well, do Orgeron then. <laughs> That's even worse. Oh, That one. That's the best. Mask off. Blood with that one. Come on. No, no, no. I can't. No. It's, you got to let that one live, you know? Just let it no. let it live. And, one uh, more time, then I'll let it live. Right. Just one more not time. To, not today. Okay, today not I'm about today. to lose my voice. All right, but one more time. One star, two star, three star, <laughs> four star, even, five star, any go, star. Go <laughs> we don't need no stars. High character. High character and no stars. Hey, Mike. We, make, we develop our own stars. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I thought that we had to do some things. <laughs> yeah. Both to get fixed right away. Go Tigers and take that mask off. So, Mike, is Jim Brewer, are you planning on him being early at all? or Because we got Jim Brewer in studio in 15 he has an in, minutes. He has an interview that's going on right now on the 11th floor. Depends how long they okay. take. And then they said he, they would usher him down. All right. I'll still break early just in case. How about that? All sure. right, for Jim Brewer. I want a little Jim Brewer time. That last segment, it's always tough. 
Did you guys get a Chick-fil-A gift card out there? I did. You did. Mm-hmm. Pete, you want mine? Sure, if you don't want it. No, no, no. It's a, just, <laughs> it's a gesture to you. That's what it is. Oh, all right. It's, cool. a, it's a gesture. To... Sure. All right, you, all right, I'll make sure that you get the Chick-fil-A gift card. Just make sure. Don't let me forget, Pete, all right? Crying out loud. Okay. All right. All right, Bogus is okay. here. Just checking out mine. Oh, you got yours, too. I did. A little handshake with Gary on the way out. And a handshake? Yeah. Well, I mean, I introduced mm. myself. Oh, did you? And he's like, oh, yeah, here you go. It's like, thanks, oh, Gary. Cool. He's thanks, Gary. Just, just pulls out throwing these gift people, cards. Throwing people, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. There you go. It's raining gift cards. Happy holidays. <laughs> well, here, you take that one since you're giving yours away. I don't want to do that. You, have, you, you keep take, boy, take the damn thing. Don't waste a gift card. Yeah. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth like bogus. Did you ask Gary where he got it from or no? I He works for Chick-fil-A. Oh, that was pretty okay. obvious. I was just wondering. Do you, you want know. a sock company? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Gary Stokin looks like a TV sitcom like dad. Like Gary Stokin. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like you know, like a, t- like a 1990s TV sitcom <laughs> yeah. dad. You know? Yeah. And sitting there, the father knows best. Yeah, right. <laughs> Talking right. to Alf. <laughs> yeah. Right. What are we going to do about this, kids? You know, it kind of has that look about him. Good guy, though, that Stokin. Tell you. Yeah. Right. Likes us. A oh, lot. I guess so. Uh, all right, Bogus, give us something, will you? Well, guys, Monday Night Football ended with a win for the Steelers. It began with a scare. Linebacker Ryan Shazier in immediate trouble, grabbing at his back and his legs appearing limp after a first-quarter collision in Cincinnati. Shazier taking off the field on a backboard, went right to the hospital. The team said overnight that Shazier did not need surgery at this time and could return to Pittsburgh later today. Mike Tomlin impressed his shaken team recovered to win. Thankfully, the guys um, stayed on task, man, and were able to do the things necessary largely over the second half to march back. The Steelers winning their seventh straight 23-20 in Cincinnati on Chris Boswell's third field goal of the night. A 38-yarder as time expired. The Bengals led 17-0 in the second quarter, 20-10 through three, but committed 13 penalties for a team record 173 yards. Steeler wideout Juju Smith-Schuster Flagged for an illegal block on Bengal linebacker Vontez Burfitt and then taunting him. Burfitt left the field on a stretcher while with a possible concussion, but did eventually walk into the locker room. Eli Manning would like to start for the Giants Sunday against the Cowboys as he discussed the firing of head coach Ben McAdoo and GM Jerry Reese yesterday. Owner John Maris said that decision on Manning belonged to interim coach Steve Spagnuolo. And the NFL suspending Rob Gronkowski one game for Sunday's unnecessary hit on Bills corner Tredavious White. Gronk will appeal. Tim Roy handled near tragedy well in New Orleans last night. Curry might be hurt. Curry is limping noticeably after he fell down. I guess the crying was off my Curry <laughs> sprained his right ankle late in a 125-115 defeat of the Pelicans. It was a dumb play because I tried to go for a steal and obviously just a bang-bang. Uh, got caught on uh, Etuan's shoe as I went by him and couldn't catch myself. His microphone injury on the same play as well. Etuan Moore was the, <laughs> the person that got Did you see that injury? That was ugly, man. Yeah. He was lucky. It wasn't even worse. Uh, Curry had 31 points and 11 assists before the early exit. X-rays last night were Negative further testing today. The Cavs dissed the Bulls 113-91 for their 12th straight win. The Jazz embarrassed the Wizards 116-69. The Grizzlies beat the T-Wolves 95-92, ending their 11-game skid. And the Celtics overcame 40 points from... Giannis Antetokounmpo. To beat the Bucks 111-100. Jason Kidd unhappy. His team fell into a 20-point hole. We couldn't get our legs moving fast enough during that first half. In the second half, we did a better job. 
the first half, we were off. And Kyrie Irving at 32 for the Celtics. College Hoops, Florida State knocking off number five, Florida, 83-66. The Knowles have won their last four meetings. And the Seattle City Council approved a $600 million renovation plan for Key Arena yesterday. A group from L.A. is funding the plan. The project scheduled to be done by the fall of 2020, maybe in time for an NHL team to start its season, boys. Hmm. All right, Bogish, thanks. Jim Brewer is here, so we'll take a quick break and come back with the very funny comedian. You don't want to miss it next. Check us out on Facebook at Geo and Jones. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. What's happening, Jim? How are you, man? I'm excited about this. I get to Why? Dr- I get to sit in traffic on the LIE. <laughs> Leaving yeah. Saturday shows, I can leave my jersey home at 5 a.m. so I can make my 8 o'clock show. Well, you, so you live in Jersey. Listen, listen to miserable Long Islanders. <laughs> you're right. They are well, You're one of them. Miserable. You're one of them, though. I am. Why are you so I, miserable? I, I left. I don't know how I got out. And yeah. this is what's amazing about Long Islanders. If you move... If you move to Jersey, it's like moving to Pakistan. You move to Jersey? <laughs> it's so true. I mean, you dog Jersey all the time. I do. I mean, because yeah. I never, I can't get there. I don't want to go there. It's impossible. You, it's because you guys just, you don't leave. You don't leave. No, nah, I even, want no part of it. I want to stay. They don't go anywhere. I know. It's true. They, they sit on their lawn and they look at the guy parking in the front. <laughs> they get out of the chair and they just stare at the guy. Look at this kid. Do it. <laughs> what do you? It is true. Parallel parking watching is definitely a pastime for for all of us. So, so was was that the catalyst for your your escape? You saw all these folks that never left. They were miserable. He's like, I got to get out of here. I got to entertain the troops. That's what it is. No, I I once I started going into entertainment. And then my parents had a bombshell. I grew up on the same street my whole life. So we neighborhood. We all knew each other growing up. And then they went to Florida. I said, we're just going to go look at places in Florida. And they came back and said, we bought a home. Went, what? <laughs> and I went from Long Island we're saying sick, mint. Dude, that's mint. <laughs> you, got new, you see my new shoes? They're mint. <laughs> And I went down there, and there were cowboy boots and Bo Cephas. What part like, of What's... Florida? Uh, I was near Clearwater, Palm Harbor. Oh, okay, but yeah. I never heard a country. You, know, said, what? you ain't listen to Bo Cephas. <laughs> 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 he don't listen to no Bo Cephas. <laughs> Hank Williams Jr., folks. Yeah. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Why you got a dangling cross earring in you? What? <laughs> Look, so he got a, he got so, a chain on his wallet. Look at her, Stanley. Look at this. What, what's wrong with you? So, you, did you, so you're telling me you had trouble fitting in at first? Yeah, yeah. And they don't. And that's the, that's the first time too where I realized there really is a a little bit of a north south thing. Like oh. I would I would go places and they're like, "Where are you from, man? Where you get that accent from?" <laughs> yeah. New York. Oh, Yankee, huh? Yankee? (laughs) I'm a Met fan. (laughs) You don't understand. (laughs) You don't understand. (laughs) You're making me miss home, man. I'm from Texas. Yeah, you don't. don't, All this prejudice is really (laughs) making me nostalgic. Jeez. No, say that. No, don't say that. But yeah, it was. uh, And then I came back up here, got. 
you know, SNL and whatever. And then uh, I wanted to live in Long Island. My wife wouldn't have anything to do with it. Really? Well, where's yeah, she from? Like, I can't. Jersey. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. She won that so, battle, right? Yeah, but now I won the battle of doing shows at the Paramount. <laughs> you got to get a helicopter. It's <laughs> yeah. the only way to do it. That's um, all right. I go early. I'll go early. Like I said, I'll leave at 5 a.m. I should be there by <laughs> showtime. Right, exactly. Maybe. Uh, Gio and Jones or Jim Brewer in studio. I, you're seemingly always on. Now, I'm not around you in your personal life, right? But uh, listening to you and interviews that you do, your shows, it's always high energy. It's always on. Is there a balance for you where you're, like, relaxed and not doing anything? Or is your brain always in this, like, high-gear craziness? Well, I, it depends my environment. I'm yeah. a chameleon. If right. I got to go high energy, I'll go. If I got to bob and weave with the comedy and events will go there sometimes i go like today we're gonna be speaking about the tragedies and like okay here we go let's go here <laughs> yeah so no it depends but yeah a lot of times i'm on right. life's too short so i'm always looking for the funny to get out or to cheer the room up right. my attitude is we're all here on borrowed time mm-hmm. and no matter where i worked whatever i went we're all we're all stuck here you know, until you're a gazillionaire, and even then, you're still playing to somebody. Someone's always coming after you. Yep. So we're all stuck in whatever we're stuck in. So let's have fun while we're here. <laughs> it's a I great like your style. <laughs> now, when did this entertainment bug hit you? Is there a moment where you can point yes. to was like? There was a couple. There was um, when I was, I think, sixth grade, my brother-in-law Asked my parents, so, do you mind if I play this record for, for little Jimbo? There's only like two curses. And it was a picture of a guy with, a, with the fake nose and glasses and an arrow through his head. And I immediately, I'm sixth grade, go, ah, he looks funny. It was Steve Martin, mm-hmm. Let's Get Small. And he played a record, yeah. and I didn't know you can, there was a record where it was comedy, and I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around this wasn't a band. He was. It was a record, but it was county. So that was the first bug. And then I saw Richard. Pro- you know, I waited till my parents went to bed, mm-hmm. and they're like, "On HBO tonight, don't miss Richard Pryor live." And he came out, and I still have that thing memorized from beginning to end. That that guy, that guy really started it for me. And then I went to George Carlin, and I was just, oh. and then Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is close to my age, so that was that was like my real big hero. I wanted to be the white Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah, and yeah. You, that's what I wanted to do. You mentioned George Carlin. I don't think there's been anybody who's come close to filling that void since he's passed away. No, no, and there never will be. Yeah, and then it won't be. And I realized that just recently. I said, I stop looking for that because it's not going to happen. Because he was like my guru. I mean, he, you know, some people have like Deepak Chopra. Like I had George Carlin. <laughs> I mean, this guy was. He set the path for me on how I was supposed to think on certain things. I mean, even and I wasn't around in his seventies and his rise, but you know the the books that he would write. I, I made. I went to one of his HBO specials, and me too. He, he made things feel right to me. Even and I said, you know, I'm angry about things. You know, I'm cynical about things. And then he would put it in such a way, be like, it's okay to feel that way. Yes. And I, God, I miss that guy. Desperately. No, he he was brilliant and probably the greatest comedy writer in history. Yeah. Where Richard was just natural. He would take every part of life and make it a character. I came out, and, and the vodka said, go ahead, Rich. You can go. <laughs> and the tire said, oh! 
It got good to me. So yeah, like, it got good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then and the police show and, and they don't shoot cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got magnums, too. They got guns, too. And I went back in my house. <laughs> Something about the woods. Yeah. What a great, unbelievable. I got this monkey. <laughs> 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 oh, Hold it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> now don't forget I'll be chasing you as a mugger. See now great to me still one of the greatest specials of all time, but what I learned about George, he probably has the best of every single bit you could if you want to go toe toe with a smart bit, he'll 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 knock you out the smart bit. If you want to go observable, he'll knock you out there. If you wanna George was Best writer in history, in history and philosophy. Yeah, he had he had yeah. a heavy still philosophy. Still holds up, yeah. Which is oh, hands down. And he's been up. dead for almost ten years now. It still holds up. It's yes. amazing. He could see things happening. It's yes. just fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I miss him. So, how did you hone your craft? How did you get to the nitty gritty and, and say, okay, this is going to be my style? Did you take a little bit from Richard, yes. a little bit from George, and then mash that up and say, okay, this is me? Yeah, and then the other big influence was Kinnison. Mm, yeah. Sam Kinison was the mm-hmm. first. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to say he revolutionized mm-hmm. loud, yeah. and he brought the rock star. <laughs> yeah, he he was the first guy to ever bring a rock star. We just ah, oh, you married, you married, you married. Remember this face? Oh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've never seen a crowd react like that. So it was um, a little bit of all of them. A little bit of all of them, and I would go to open mic nights, and you're trying to find who you are. Well, that's and, the toughest thing, right? Yeah. And then eventually, even though you're influenced by all these people, you have to find you. Because you have to if, find you. If you're never you, then you're never going to be any good. And that's so, you think you know what you are until you get it. And I really, at the end of the day, I'm a blue-collar street corner in the garage hangout guy. And the guy people are like, dude, good brew is a pisser. <laughs> the pisser. He's a pisser. <laughs> and I want you because I vent about my family and I yeah. vent about the neighbors and I vent about everything and I act everyone out. And so it's I'm a family guy, deep moral, uh blue collar family faith, try to do the right thing guy at the end of the day and I Throw that whole mix on stage. Yeah, Try I was going to gonna ask you, you incorporate your daily life, the Absolutely. family life, all that. Into That's all I got. Stuff. I don't yeah. do politics. I don't do any of that stuff. Mm. I ain't doing that. It's, it's even then. I don't. I ain't. Jim Brewer in studio with us. I'm gonna. I love listening to you when you're on with Stern, and I think that you know, he's right now the best interviewer there is. Oh my god! But gosh, he yeah. he asked you a question once that. I thought was insulting, and then huh. I, I thought about it a little bit more, and I was like, man, I don't know how I would react if he said that to me, especially the respect I've got for him. He said, you know, I always thought you'd be more Bigger. famous than you are. Right? I hear that all the time. But, like, I don't – and I'm not just saying this because you're here, but I, when I think about you, I don't think about missed opportunities or should be more famous. Like, I, when I think Jim Brewer, I think of a guy who's – Highly successful. Every time you're on, I want to listen to what you have to say. Sure. You were there on SNL with a successful run for a long time. I mean, you're going to sell out all these shows. I mean, which are you glass half full, glass half empty when it comes to that question? Um, there was a time. Now, I had, I had a defining moment, which I'm really enjoying all my decisions uh, of late. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm really enjoying my decisions. I like going to bed going, yeah, no, I'm going to wake up in the morning feeling real good. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing to worry about. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, so what I mean by that is um, when I was on SNL, I'm not going to lie to you, I was really taken back. Uh, when you see the other side of the curtain, not the cast members and all that, but other Hollywood coming in, you're like, how does the public have zero clue that this exists? Mm-hmm. How does this person get away with that? And how does this one get away with that? And um, and the cutthroat and the mean and you'll do anything to get to the top. It was... Um, it was, tra- I'll use the word traumatizing. It was mm. very traumatizing. And my wife was very, uh, she didn't care about celebrity or anything like that. And it drove me nuts. It was my third year. And she's like, you know. And I just started smoking pot. She's like, you're smoking pot. You come home and you complain and you're, you're getting mean. <laughs> you said when a job made you this way, you'd quit. I'm like, you don't quit, Saturday. Is that something? I'm the goat. They're making a doll after me. There's four dolls. I'm one of them. Joe Pesci called me to do a sketch with De Niro. Do you know? Amazing. So, so how did you find that that Xanadu, that place of contentment? I had a hard. T- I we started. Uh, we it ended. The SNL ended, mm-hmm. and we found. I said, let's start a family, and that was um, you know my agents at the time. Like you gotta, you gotta come to LA if you really want to make it. <laughs> 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 and exact words were like, I mean, if you're really content with your little family life, that's <laughs> making the money you do, I mean, it's good, but if you want the real thing, you come out here. Ha, 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 ha. We'll make you shine. We'll give you all you ever wanted. In life. You know you're better than this guy and that guy. Gonna make you sick and starring, and your name ain't up there. Come out to LA. Come out to LA. (laughs) And you somehow were able to resist that. I resisted, and even then, uh, you know, I haven't talked about this, but I truly feel a lot was clipped from me as time went on. Um, In what way? I'll give you a, it's so far gone, certain style of what I had, certain, um, I remember people coming up like, hey man, have you seen uh, what's going on over there? Like, no, 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 what's going on? I just saw they're totally doing what you do, but they change it. And there was was a guy I worked with, right, a manager, and I told him an idea. I said, well, I want to be the, I I did, I want. <laughs> it was I want I'll say I want to do this and that. Let's right. get a tour bus. Right. Let's be the next rock thing. This has never I had a band. We were going out. We booked a bunch of shows. Let's bring a crew and this will be 
uh, you know, this has no one's ever seen this. And I end up he he did some things, and I found out, and you let him go. And you're like, dude, I can't have dark. I can't have. Hey, listen, I've been working on some things. Like, I, I yeah. see the other side of you now. I see right. the I see the Sith. Mm-hmm. I want to, I can't have cysts around me. I have a child on the way. I need good life people. Yeah. And um, it was, we were right in the middle of the tour and I found out this is pretty much the, he sold an idea that uh, went, became very successful. Wow. Very successful. Made multi millions of dollars and it was very publicized and, and that I had a, I was bad. I'm like, we're getting guns. <laughs> We're getting, find me tapes. I need my basement going, I'm getting the tapes of exactly what I told him. Oh my and God. my wife, she's like, you don't want to be where they're at in life. We have a child. Watch what happens to these people in years. And I tell you, I'm telling you, if I didn't have that, right, she, talked me off, end, yeah. she talked me off the ledge a lot. Yeah. Wow. And as time moves on now, and and when you deal with things like mortality or someone gets sick in the family and and you 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 get that earthquake in life and you realize you know what I started my wife and I started living in the attic of someone's house in in Franklin Square hmm. for 600 bucks a month you know and Eric it's 90 degrees in the summer and she's like don't turn the fan on it'll start a <laughs> and we're putting baby powder on ourselves to cool us off. No, this will cool you off at night and put a fan in the... All that journey, what I have now, I, I got three kids in, in private school. We've we've traveled every continent. Life is good. There you yeah. go. Life is yeah. good. That's sweet. So we never came out here. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> Jim Brewer, who is just absolutely amazing at the residency at the Paramount Theater in Huntington, New York. Is there a website that you have? It's got the dates up there, too. Yeah, I, don't I, have I that guess here. officialjimbrewer.com. Okay, mm-hmm. officialjimbrewer.com. You'll see it. Yeah, you'll find it. You'll find <laughs> it. People find media. it. Uh, All the shows are different. It's stand-up. Storytelling, like uh, you know, if I want to tell a story like this, and and I've sets for each one, and oh, there's cool. going to be. It's not just a comedy show; it's stand up. Then it's going to be storytelling set. There's screens on the side with sketches and characters, and then the end, I do a rock improv thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's going to be cool. That's just perfect for you. I yeah, mean, it's going to be every sweet. bit of you out there exactly. in, in this show. Yeah. All right. Well, we are running out of time, unfortunately. So, that was great, uh, man. Jim, Congrats. Yeah. Uh, I had fun. Thanks. Whatever your journey is, good. You know, enjoy it. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I can tell. It says it all <laughs> in your, in your face. All right. You got a, a, a stack of ones in his <laughs> bag and... That journey, we know exactly where it's going. <laughs> Tell me which way you're going to run. <laughs> I just want to know so I don't run over you. <laughs> Jim Brewer, check it out. Sign up to be an old rewards member today and start earning instantly. Hey, old rewards members dinner, earn $5 back for every 150 points you earn. Fast, easy, and free. And only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. See store for details. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Thanks to Gary Stoken, Jim Brewer. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.